0: So the writer-director of the Joker movie says that comedy is dead. And then we get Harley Quinn clapping back as hard as she possibly can. Oh my goodness, comedy is not dead. It is alive and well in the new DC Universe Harley Quinn animated series, which is not safe for work and not safe for children. It is a masterpiece of comedy, at least in its first episode. And we're gonna talk about that today on Project Shadow. Hello, everyone. How are you doing today? My name is Charlie. You might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer C.E. Dorset. And yeah, today we're talking about Harley Quinn. There's a lot of stuff I want to talk about, but I just can't not talk about Harley Quinn this week. And I'm planning on doing a Fiction Friday episode. So if I'm going to do it this week, I have to do it now. Oh my goodness. But before we get into all that, as you can tell, my voice is doing a bit better. So yay. I was actually able to do some of my exercises today to try to get my voice back into the proper pitch range and state that it should be in and that was fun and troubling and hard but it it it, it's coming back so yay i would also like to thank everybody who went and looked at my youtube video yesterday i did not expect it to get any views it didn't get like a lot but since I was con- expecting it to get zero, as of the recording of this, it got, like, six views, which I know in, like, YouTube terms is, like, nothing. But every time I have previously posted anything to YouTube in my mini attempts, it got zero. So, yeah. Thank you. Like, I don't know. I- I'm still planning on doing stuff over there, but it will probably be weekly. I know I had originally said that I was going to do daily, but I just have too much going on right now for that to be a possibility. But I did enjoy making the video, so I'm going to continue forward. Maybe looking at doing two times a week over there, maybe a Tuesday and Thursday, something like that. But thank you for checking that out. That you you all are wonderful. All right. So before we get into the show. If you haven't already, please take a moment to rate this podcast in whatever app you're listening to me on. It really does help out a lot. It tells the algorithms to share the podcast with more people. The more people to listen, the bigger the community. The bigger the community, the better the chance we have of actually communicating with each other. And after all, that is why I do all this in the first place. Thank you so very much to everybody who has already done that. It really does mean more to me than you'll ever know. So I don't know exactly when to put in the spoiler warning on this episode. So consider yourself generally spoiled because, see, the first episode of the new Harley Quinn animated series pretty much tells the origin story of Harley Quinn and makes it specific to how this Harley Quinn is going to be portrayed throughout the rest of the series. So In a lot of ways, I don't feel like there are too many spoilers that I could go into in this episode, because if you know anything about Harley Quinn, you know about how the Joker turned this Arkham psychiatrist into Harley Quinn, you know her backstory, you know her twisted relationship with the Joker, you know her relationships with Harley, with uh, Poison Ivy and various other characters. and. For the most part, this episode just kind of gives her origin story and individuates it into the, hopefully, what will be the tone and tenor of the series going forward. So as far as like most of the stuff I'm going to be talking about, I don't know that I can do specific spoilers. I'm going to be talking more about tone of the show and how it actually pulled off its amazingly intense, ultra-violent humor. In a way that felt grounded and made sense. So, just consider yourself possibly, potentially spoiler alerted because it's not really one of those things where I can give away a major plot twist. Well, there's one plot twist I can think of that I could give away, but I don't think I'm going to be talking about that during this episode. But yeah, most of what I'm going to be talking about is how they have treated the characters. So, if you don't want to know, the characterization of the various villains and heroes as they appear in the new Harley Quinn show until you get to see it for yourself. Consider yourself spoiler-warned. But for the most part, yeah. So when I first heard that they were doing an adult-oriented cartoon featuring Harley Quinn, and of course this was announced shortly after the... uh, let's just say reception that happened for the suicide squad, because that that's a really hard like concept to parse because while the suicide squad was pretty much universally panned by most people, I don't think it's as bad a movie as a lot of people say it is because to me, it felt like a throwback movie. It felt much more like a superhero movie from the nineties than a current superhero f- film. And, as somebody who grew up in the 90s, it, it, I mean, it's not like my favorite movie, but you know, it's, I think it's watchable. But in the extended edition, even more so. But, but it would be, rem- I would be remiss in saying that it was not loved by most people. And I, I don't particularly love the movie, but Margot Robbie's portrayal of Harley Quinn was loved by a lot of people. And, to the point where she is getting her own spin-off movie in the Birds of Prey movie that's coming up. And as I understand it, she is one of the few characters and actors that's returning to James Gunn's Suicide Squad movie. So, yeah, I was afraid of what they were going to do because, you know, we hadn't seen anything from DC Universe yet. So I had no idea what the quality of the content was going to be there. We had heard about some of the drama on the set of Swamp Thing and basically a slate of shows that they were going to do. We hadn't seen any of them. After watching Swamp Thing and seeing season two of Teen Titans, I was kind of excited about what this particular iteration of Harley Quinn would look like. Now, granted, I was concerned that she was being voiced by Kelly Cuoco and that Kelly was going to be one of the producers of the show and putting a lot of feedback in because I'm one of those people that does not like Big Bang Theory. I think Big Bang Theory is harmful for the image of... I think it laughs at nerd culture much more than it laughs with nerd culture. And Penny's portrayal on that show was a big part of that for me and why I stopped watching. But all of my fears are gone. All of them. It is brilliant. It is probably the best pilot episode of an animated series show I have ever seen. It hooked me immediately. I have watched it multiple times. And it hits all of the buttons the way you want it to hit the buttons. It is dark. It is ultra, ultra violent with blood and broken bones and just utter nastiness and it is incredibly funny and that to me is what makes this show really really work because it is so outlandish and because it's creating a world for itself with its own batman its own jim gordon its own joker its own riddler its own um from the promotional poster king shark apparently is he's on the promotional artwork Calendar Man, we, we see in this episode alone, we see a lot of DC heroes and villains. But what made it work is the jokes were not at the expense of the characters. The jokes were not there just to be funny. Now, that may be a weird way to say it, but it wasn't doing setup punchline humor, set up punchline. And it wasn't going, look, that kind of, you know, tongue-in-cheek, hey, isn't this silly, absurd, and crazy kind of humor that a lot of things do. And it wasn't doing the overly absurd, I'm smarter, I think, I'm, I'm pretending that I'm smarter than I actually am type of humor that I feel that a lot of adult animated shows generally try to fall into. What makes this an adult show is not that it uses curse words, not that there is blood, not that it is ultra violent, but that it is oddly a character piece. And all of the humor arises not just from the characters as they are portrayed in this series, but from the history of what you know about these characters and how that plays out on the show. And when you have the humor emerging naturally from the world where it's just funny, you can do a lot of work there. And in some ways, this show is kind of the spiritual successor to Seinfeld, and that it is kind of a show about nothing, but that allows it to be about the characters. Now, here is where I have to really put in the spoiler warning, because I am going to be talking about events specific to this episode of the show. So if you have not seen the first episode of the Harley Quinn animated series on DC Universe, you don't want to be spoiled, which I don't really think it will ruin anything because it's humor and it's not plot oriented humor. It's character oriented humor. But if you're just one of those people that does not like spoilers, go watch it. Come back. Please watch it. Watch it! It is so good. You, you if, if you like Harley Quinn at all, you have to watch the show. But spoilers incoming in five, four, three, two, one. For me, of the many things that I could talk about that I loved about this series, I have to start with overcaffeinated Jim Gordon. Like, my life sucks. I'm chief of police in a city where crime is insane, literally, because we have masked vigilantes and masked villains doing horrendous and terrible capers. We have an Arkham Asylum. My life sucks. My life sucks. We also know that this was apparently set after the killing joke, based on one joke that Joker tells. If I understood the joke correctly, I believe at one point the Joker says... That Jim Gordon's still mad at him because he paralyzed his Barbara. I may have misunderstood that, but that's how I heard what the Joker said. There was a lot of explosions and other noises going on, so I may have misunderstood. But seeing just like despondent James Gordon, Jim Gordon, C- Commissioner Gordon, just playing with the bat signal because. It- he can, and then when Batman shows up, just turn around and go. I wasn't playing with it. I don't know why, but that made me so happy. It made me so. It made me laugh so hard because this is the Jim Gordon that I kind of ha- have expected throughout the various iterations of Batman. I mean, you gotta just put yourself in his shoes about how horrible his job is. He has the Joker and the Penguin and the Riddler and Clayface. And we just fill in the blank of the rogues gallery of Batman villains rampaging through his city on a regular basis. And the police are completely unable to do anything about it. And so they have to rely on a man who dresses up as a bat to not only apprehend these people, but half the time to solve the crimes watching him oh my goodness it was so funny it was so funny and that's true for all of the characters in there this is probably the only time I've really enjoyed Calendar Man in anything and the jokes about Calendar Man were so so good the Riddler was brilliant I mean just brilliant Frank stole the show in so many ways. You know, the idea that Poison Ivy would have a foul mouthed plant in her apartment that is just kind of. If going off of the Seinfeld analogy that I used earlier, he's kind of the George Costanza, like, I'm waiting for the Summer of Frank episode because there really needs to be a Summer of Frank episode because he really is like the George Costanza, because you really can Seinfeld the series in so many ways, because Poison Ivy would be Jerry, and um, Harley Quinn is Kramer. And, who would I don't think we've met in Elaine yet, though I can see quite a few contenders for that character. But, uh, Frank, Frank the foul-mouthed potted plant that uh, I can't even repeat some of the funny lines because I keep the show clean and his dialogue is so not, but that is what made the show work is that they didn't, Frank's lines are not funny because of the profanity, because of the unexpected juxtaposition of the profanity. It's because his, he's talking from his experience, the things that are funny that he says and does reveal things about the character and the world and the setting and the story. They're they're built in, they're they baked into everything, and that's what makes the show work. Because for a lot of these shows, like for a lot of like Family Guy Skits or what have you, you could take a lot of that humor. And I think this is true for Rick and Morty for a lot of the episodes that I've seen as well. A lot of the jokes could be transposed onto any other scenario because they're jokes. And because they're jokes, they would still be funny. If you were to put any of these jokes into any other character's mouth, they wouldn't make sense anymore. And the best example of that is like at the very end of the episode where Harley has, uh, broken up with the Joker in a brilliant and wonderful scene and Poison Ivy shows up because she wanted to see if she needed any backup and she's like oh I see you've got this handled well I'm gonna go pick up some some th- I think she's a Thai food text me what you want and Harley tells her her order and she's like no as I'm gonna forget it, and I'm gonna go and I'm gonna pick up the wrong thing and then you're gonna end up eating mine because you're not gonna want what I got you text me and it, I'm not telling the joke right because I, I don't have a good comedic timing for that kind of humor. But oh, it was such a real moment. And that's the thing so many of the jokes for such a surreal, ultra violent, over the top, crazy show, so much of the humor was grounded in this, like, I feel that, or I can see. That happening. Like the calendar man joke where he remembers exactly how long Harley Quinn has been in Arkham. But he can't remember his own son's birthday. We've all met that dude. And I'm not saying that that's a good thing because he's a villain. He doesn't have to be good thing. But we've all met that dude who can remember the most bizarre. I mean, I've been that way in so many ways. Where I can remember some obtuse and strange facts but like important things that should stick in my head just don't get lodged in there and i have the hardest time remembering them because my, my brain rev- reviles me and does not want me to have good things it does not want me to have nice things but that's what makes the show work and that's what gives me hope that they're going to continue doing that for the rest of the series and that we can get back to that as kind of a gold standard of humor, that the humor emerges from the characters. It's not because they are breaking the path there. They, it, it, see, Marvel gets their humor from bathos, which is when you're in a very serious tense situation and somebody makes a quick quip or a cutting remark, right? that's America's butt or here we are all standing around like jerks I know those aren't the actual lines but yeah, I keep keep it clean for the clean tag on the show but yeah they, they're bathos they they break the tension and that's why you laugh this show just there's nothing wrong with that that's perfectly fine, that's perfectly alright but this show returns to this natural humor that emerges from the characters and their relationships with each other and you laugh because, yes, it's funny, but because you can see part of your own life in it. And I didn't think they could pull something like that off with a Madcap Crazy Adventures of Harley Quinn with ultraviolence animated. Like, I just didn't think they could do it. And they did. So if you have not seen this show, find a way to watch it. As long as you don't mind, like I said, really sometimes gross humor, sometimes really graphic violence, animated violence, but still it, it, it was hilarious. It was really funny and I love it and I can't wait for episode two. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did and you haven't already, please take a moment to rate the podcast and whatever app you're listening to me on really does help out a lot. Tells the algorithms to share the podcast with more people. So thank you to everybody who has done that. If you have any questions, comments or topics you'd like to hear discussed on the show, you can in the show notes send me a voice message. Keep it short, keep it clean so I can use it on the show. Would love to hear from you. You can also hit me up on Instagram and Twitter. I'm CE Dorset on both and you can find links to that and everything that I do over at projectshadow.com. In the show notes, you'll also find a link to my Patreon. If you can give as little as a dollar a month, it really does help out more than you could ever possibly know. And I want to thank you if you're already doing that. I mean, you, you make all of this possible. I mean, I love doing this, but you know, you give me hope that this will be a full-time job and career for me. Cause I love doing the podcasts And I love doing the books and I am kind of enjoying the new YouTube thing. So thank you to everybody who's already done that. If you don't have any money right now or you don't feel like giving, that's perfectly all right. But if you know somebody you think would like this show, that helps out immensely. So please share this podcast with anybody that you think would like it. That helps out more than you know, because, you know, the ads help me make money. <laughs> and we live under a capitalist system where that's a thing that I have to do. Alrighty. Uh, I think that's it until next time. Don't forget have the fun. Bye.